This morning, I want to continue on in our study through this that we that we began last week that I entitled uh, the path uh, study in Proverbs. As I mentioned last week, we're not studying through the Proverbs one by one. Not that that's a bad thing to do. Um, we're just we're just going to look at some of the different uh, Proverbs and some of the lessons that are taught for us in this study of Proverbs. There was a principle that we established last week, uh, and that principle will take us all the way through Proverbs. It takes us through our life and every area of our life, and that principle is this, that, uh, that your direction that you are going in life will determine where you end up. Direction determines destination. It matters what road you live, what path you live on and that you walk on. Uh, and it also matters what direction you're going on that path. You can't, a road can't take you somewhere it's not going. So a path will direct your steps to, to your destination. And it's the direction that you're going and the path that you're on, not your intentions, not your desires, not your dreams, all of those things. Rather, it is the direction that you take. And that's what the book of Proverbs is really all about, to teach us how to make wise choices in life so we can stay on the path that God directs for us. And so that's what we're doing as we study through the book of, of uh, and get these principles out of the book of Proverbs. Now, I want, you to, I want to start at an unusual place um, for a sermon to begin. So I want you to take out a Bible. Uh, now, if those of you who are, your Bible you're taking out is electronic, it might be a little bit tougher for you. But I want you to open up to probably one of the first two or three pages in your, your Bible to the, uh, to the list or the, or the table of contents. All right, and in your table of contents, it probably lists, my, my Bible does, it lists the books of the Bible in the, in the order in which they will appear in this book. And it tells me also, should I need it, what page that can be found on. My page number is going to be different from your page number. That's, and none of this, by the way, is, is, is inspired Okay, this is just for informational purposes. But there's something that I want you to see. I don't think God does anything by accident. And I think everything that he does has a design and a purpose. And so I want you to notice this. In my Bible, I'm looking at, in the table of contents, uh, the listing of the books in the Old Testament. Now, in the English Bible, and I assume that everyone here is using an English Bible, not a Hebrew Bible, okay? But in an English Bible, it tells me that there are 39 books in the Old Testament. And here's the way that God has designed this. I just happen to believe that God, when it came to his word, not only inspired the words to be written, but it has covered over and inspired and protected the transmission of those words over the centuries. 
And so the fact that we've ended up with 39 books in the Old Testament isn't by accident, it's by design. Now, I, I want to break this table of contents down into three sections. This works in English, it's a little tougher in the Hebrew Bible. But in the English Bible, you will notice that there are the first 17 books of the Old Testament from Genesis through Esther are what we would call the books of history. They tell the story of how things came to be, how Israel became a nation, how, how the people inherited a land, and how they related all the way through with God, how God expects them to act and to behave and to live, and how they chose to do that or not. So their 17 books make up the books of history. The last 17 books of the Old Testament, from the book Isaiah to the book through the book of Malachi, these are what are called the prophetic books. This is the message that God delivered. Um, to his people through messengers who, who declared God's direction, God's purposes, God's expectations, God's plans and promises. Now, let me say, as, as I, having said this about the books of history and the books of prophecy, we're not studying through any of those during this series. We may refer to them, but that's not what we're looking at. I just want to put, that, put it into its context. Right in the middle of the 17 books of history and the 17 books of prophecy are five books that are called, uh, and they go from Job through the Song of Solomon. They are the books that are poetic or poetry. Now, you and I, we, when we think of poetry, we tend to think of, of poems, you know, where the, each verse has four lines and so many syllables and the last word in the line rhymes with the previous last word, those kinds of things. And that's what we think constitutes poetry. I don't know about you, but I have a hard time reading poetry that doesn't rhyme, doesn't have a meter to it. It's, it's, got, it's harder for me. But that's what we have in the books uh, from Job to the Song of Solomon are these books that tell us uh, poetically in, in writings that give to us the wisdom of God for living your life, how you, how you ought to live. For instance, the book of Job, the Old Testament book of Job, the first of those books of poetry, it seeks to answer the question, why is there so much pain in this life and how do I deal with it? Then there is the book of Psalms that points heavenward and teaches us how we need to walk with God. Then there is the book of Proverbs, the study that we're in now, that are aimed earthward. They are to teach us how it is we walk with people, with others around us, and maintain what we learn in the book of Psalms. Ecclesiastes is a treatise on the nature of life, what life is really all about. And then the Song of Solomon is an ode to romantic love. 
Now, right in the middle of those books of poetry is the book of, of parables, the book of Proverbs, the book that, that lays out for us wisdom for living in this world as we, as we walk our way through the steps of this world that sometimes are easy to take and really beautiful to walk through, and some of them are very dark and difficult. But how is it that I should go on my path toward where God's taking me? And what happens to me, and this is for today, what happens to me when I discover, what do I do when I discover that the path that I'm on or the direction that I'm going is the wrong one? And that's what we want to talk about uh, on this day. And so... Uh, I want you, if you will, now to open your Bibles, turn in your Bibles back a few pages to the book of Proverbs and find chapter 1. Proverbs chapter 1. We looked at this briefly last week. We're going to look at it again briefly this week. Proverbs chapter 1, and I want you to notice, if you will, with me, verse 2. In fact, verses 2, 3, and 4. And I'm going to read it for you, to you, if you will, uh, from the Amplified Version of the Bible. So I want, you, I want you to see what it says in the Amplified in these verses. Here he is telling us why Solomon is delivering these parables, these proverbs. Why he is delivering them what purpose and what use they have in our lives. I will tell you, I think Proverbs is one of the most practical books in the Bible. I don't always like what it tells me because it usually confronts me with where I am. But <clears throat> Solomon wants you to understand why he wrote, why he spoke these Proverbs, why God is delivering them to us through his word today. Look at verse 2. <clears throat> he says, these books have been written to you to know skillful and godly wisdom and instruction, to discern and to comprehend the words of understanding and insight, to receive instruction in wise behavior and the discipline of wise thoughtfulness, righteousness, justice and integrity so that and I've added the word so that prudence good judgment astute common sense may be given to the naive or the inexperienced those who are easily misled and knowledge and discretion um, intelligent discernment to youth now there was a, a word in there in verse 4 that I want to focus on today. And that's the word prudence. It's not a word that we use all the time anymore. Uh, it, it's a, it is a word in the English Bible that was, uh, that was used 24 times. You go get a concordance and you look up the word prudence or prudent and you will find that there are 24 occasions where that word appears in the pages of scripture. The book of Proverbs has 12 such uh, uses. 
it, by far, the book of Proverbs contains the word prudent or prudence more than any other book in the Bible. Why? Do you know what prudence means? Let me share with you what the word prudence... Now, this is from the uh, Webster's English Dictionary, what it says about, about uh, someone who has prudence. First, it's a word that means knowing what to do. You ever come across something and you don't know what to do? Guys, have you ever tried to put together something that you bought a, a kit, you went, saw it in the catalog, and you went in and they reduced it to a box about like this, and you got to put it all together? And you know that, that inside that box there's a little piece of paper with some drawings on it that are instructions for assembly? What do you use those for? We throw those away. Well, what? No, you really do use them because when you finish the project, you want to look on the instructions to find out where these extra parts should have gone. <laughs> Prudence would say, if you'll read the instructions, it'll tell you what to do. I don't want to do it that way. That's why we end up with furniture that sometimes falls apart. If you get the illustration that I'm getting at, Prudence is knowing what to do. There are circumstances in life that don't come with a, in a neatly wrapped in a box with an instruction sheet. You're going down the path of life and you encounter something. What do you do? Prudence is knowing what to do when you encounter things that you're unfamiliar with. Secondly, it is exercising good judgment. Exercising good judgment. Prudence is making good choices and good decisions. This is something that, uh, that I think every parent of a teenager desires for their kids when they go out. They say, they're going out to the football game on Friday night and they're going to go to a party afterwards. You don't use these words, but what you're saying is be prudent. Exercise good judgment. The way I used to share it with, with my boys was this. Remember your name. You're leaving here with a good name. Don't come back with a bad one. Use good judgment. That's prudence. And the third part about prudence is having common sense. Having sense enough to come in out of the rain. There, there are some things in life that are hard for some people. That others would look at and say, why is this a struggle for you? It just makes common sense to live this way or that way. That's what prudence is. Knowing what to do, doing it the right way, exercising good judgment, and then having some common sense. So with that background, I want to kind of take you on a brief journey through, the, through this book. Uh, for a moment um, to talk about or to look at this the usage of this of this word prudence. For instance, in Proverbs chapter 19, verse 25, here's what Solomon writes. Strike a scoffer, and the simple will learn prudence. Let me interrupt. 
to say that Solomon seems to compare through his through the parables, Proverbs. If I say parables today, I mean Proverbs. <laughs> Solomon seems to present to us that they're boiling it down. There are two kinds of people in the world. There are the prudent, remember the ones that execute good judgment and know what to do and have common sense. There are the prudent and there are the simple. The simple, the simple-minded are convinced that everything's going to work out just let it, you know. Yes, I am driving 55 miles an hour toward a brick wall, but somehow this car will stop before I hit that. That's the simple-minded. That's the, the naive ones. And he says, you strike a scoffer and the simple will learn prudence. Reprove a man of understanding, he'll gain knowledge. See, he talks about um, what, he, what he means in this, in this parable is that some people can learn by being told what to do. Verbal instruction. Other people have to hit the brick wall. They learn, uh, a friend points out something that they've done wrong and they learn from it, whereas other people whom Solomon calls simple people have to be whipped or to be beaten in order to learn a lesson. School of hard knocks. Or take, take also another place in Proverbs chapter 12, verse 16. In Proverbs chapter 12, verse 16, it says, the vexation of a fool is known at once, but the prudent ignores an insult. What he's saying there is that simple people let their emotions be shown. They wear their emotions on a sleeve. And they can become upset very easily. And the reason you know that they become upset very easily is because they show it. Some people, when they receive an insult from somebody or what they perceive to be an insult, are immediately ready to fight. But this is, these are the ones that Solomon calls simple. Simple people let their emotions get the best of them. They get mad. They go into a rage. They spout off and they complain when things don't go their way. Boy, has, have I, can I fit that bill into my life real easy. Say things that about 10 minutes later, I say, I wish I had to say that. Prudent people know how to control themselves. They take things in stride. That, mean, that doesn't mean that they become, to be prudent means to become a doormat. It just means that you're not going to be controlled by the rage that oftentimes swells up within us when we don't get our way. By the way, this is the kind of foolishness that Proverbs teaches us. We are to drive from our children. That's the purpose of discipline is to get this foolishness to where our kids can grow up to understand they're not always going to get their way. That's an important lesson. And I would suggest to you that we have a generation of people that never learned that lesson present in our world today. If I don't get my way, then you're, you're a nobody. This is the whole 
cancer or uh, cancel uh, culture that we're talking about. That's the, the simple and the prudent. Or, or here's another one. Proverbs chapter 14, verse 15. Solomon says, the simple believes everything. But the prudent gives thought to his steps. The simple believes everything. But the simple gives thoughts to his steps. Simple people get fooled easily. They're, they can get duped easily. There's a whole, I don't know what the word is, there's a whole universe of people that are out there that believe everything they read on Facebook or Instagram. I, I have people all the time, did you read this? Did you hear about this? There's, it doesn't have to be any truth or validity to it. But that's what the simple do. The simple believe everything that they hear. But the prudent, who is a wise person, thinks about it. Can you imagine if we imagine or if we mastered prudence? Can you imagine what it would be like if you and I were all the time acting prudently? I think that life would be a lot easier, don't you? And that ought to be our, the direction that we have in life. You see, we're walking down a path. We're on this path toward, this, toward our destination. And the path that, the destination we have in mind, but the path we have has to be the right path to get there. You, you get that point. That's the principle that we talked about. It's also necessary once you're on that path to be going the right direction. You can't go north on I-35 and end up in Mexico. You have, to, you have to be going the right direction on the right road. But if you're prudent and you'll do that, then the path that you take will take you to that destination to where you, you and I can become prudent. Here's what I've learned in my life. And I'm not saying this because I'm a real smarty, but this is truth. This is what I've discovered. There are times as I'm going down that path of my life that I'm convinced I'm right. Something happens to, to expose me, to, to instruct me, to teach me, to show me that I'm going down the wrong road. Here's the problem with that. I'm stubborn enough to go ahead and defend the direction I'm going or defend the path that I'm on. You know what that's called in Proverbs? Foolishness. That's simple-mindedness. I confess to you there are times in my life that I discover how foolish some of the decisions or some of the thoughts or some of the words that I've spoken are. So what do you do when you discover you're on the wrong path? That's what I want to share with you this morning. All that was introduction. But I'll, I'll, be, I'll be brief as we go. I want you to, we're going to look at this theme of making a course correction. What do I do when I'm on this path 
and I need to go a different way. How do I make course corrections? I want you to turn to Proverbs chapter 22. We're going to look at two places. We're going to look at Proverbs 22 and then at Proverbs chapter 27. Look at verse 3 of Proverbs 22. The prudent sees danger and hides himself. But the simple go on and they suffer for it. Now, I want to, before I comment on that, I want to show you the next verse. Proverbs chapter 27, look at verse 12. It says, the prudent sees, sees danger and hides himself, but the simple go on and suffer for it. That's not a typo. Those are the exact same words, exact same verses spoken once in chapter 22 and once in chapter 27. Let me just, let me teach you for about 30 seconds. When God says something, he means it. Pay attention to it. When God says something twice, really pay attention to it. Let me go back then to what we just read. Now, I want you to understand what it says. The prudent sees danger and hides himself. The simple goes on and suffers for it. By the way, let me just say, it doesn't say that the simple don't see the danger. It just says that the prudent sees the danger and does something about it, but the simple just keeps on going. They see the danger, but they don't pay attention to it. They don't turn off their way. Now listen, I'm, I'm wanting to share with you as you go through your life, you're going to have times where you're going to see the direction I'm going isn't good. It's not at all where I want to go, but I'm into it so deep. No, look at the danger and do something about it. That's what the wise person, what the prudent person does. The simple will just keep on going and there will be a price to pay for that. Now I want to share with you a couple of thoughts about this, about making a course direction. And here's my first thought. First of all, the prudent make course corrections. The simple just keep right on going. We've already said that, haven't we? The prudent make course directions. They change their path. They change their direction because they are wise. They see things. Uh, they they have common sense, whatever it is. <clears throat> but the simple just keeps on going. You know, if I go down this road, it's going to destroy my life. I think I'll keep going down this road. Which, do you, which would you rather be, a prudent person or a simple person? No opinions? I'd hope that you'd all, that all of us would desire to be prudent. There's no reason for us not to be prudent because God has given us every step that we should take in life. It's available to us. 
Listen, you don't have to, to be a seminary graduate to read your Bible and listen to what it says. You don't have to go to the Christian bookstore and buy 20 books on the subject. God lays out his path, and if you don't understand, if you don't have the wisdom to know how to apply it, God even takes care of that for you. He says, if any man lacks wisdom, let him ask. And God will give to you and not hold anything back. You know, if there's someone who wants you to be prudent even more than you want to be prudent, and that's God. He will give, he will direct your paths if you ask him. The prudent knows that. And when God says, change this or do this, go this pathway or this direction, they do it. They make course corrections. The simple keeps on going and assumes it's all going to work out in the end. Second truth that I want you to embed in your mind today is this. Prudent people know that it's not what they see that makes a difference. It's what they do. The verse that we that we are using today, Proverbs 23, 22.3 and Proverbs 27.12, both say, as I mentioned before, that both the prudent sees and the simple sees. It's not what you see that makes the difference. It's what you do about what you see. What you do about what you see. So when it comes to making some course corrections, let me, uh, let me share with you some some thoughts, some ideas, some, some truths about this. Number one, if you're going to make a course direction, you have to do something. And you might say, you keep saying this, Pastor. That's because sometimes we think making a course correction means to sit in church and say, you know, I really ought to stop that, or I really ought to start that, I really ought to behave this way, I ought to go ask forgiveness from so-and-so. And you do all of these, you, you, you have all of these things running through your mind, but a course correction requires action. You have to do something. Do you get that? That's an important lesson. I think a three-year-old can understand that better than a 60-year-old can, at least by observation. You have to do differently. Don't say one thing. Don't act one way. Don't think one way and then carry on the same direction. You know what's going to happen to you? You're going to stay on the same path. And you're going to end up in the same place. You have to make a choice. You have to do something. The second, the second thing is that you need to remember is if you're going to do something, you almost always, almost always have to give something up. That's tough, isn't it? I was with you up until this point, preacher. But now you've got, you quit preaching and gone to Midland. Following Jesus will require you to leave your old life behind. You can't drag your life with you that, you're, that you practice, that you, that you uh, want to... to uh, Practice all of your all your days because you like them. 
If you want to be prudent, you're going to be you will be asked somewhere along the way, almost always, to give something up. Give up your right to be offended. Somebody's hurt my feelings, and I want to be angry at them a little bit longer. Whatever, whatever it is, you, ha- you almost always have to give something up. If you're going to follow Jesus, you're going to follow the path, you almost always will need to give something up. Let me share with you a third thing. A third thing is that if you choose to do something and give something up, you oftentimes will suffer embarrassment. You know why that's true? Because everybody else that's going down your path that sees you turn away and go to a different one, you're going to be doing different than they are. You're going to have a different reputation. He used to like to have fun. He used to like to come down here and party with us. And now he's just an old stick in the mud. And that can be embarrassing. Others may not think highly of you. But the Bible seems, especially through the book of of Proverbs, that God commends the prudent rather than the foolish. The one who makes the wise decisions rather than the one who just continues to wallow in unwise decisions. You're going to choose to follow Jesus. You're going to go against the grain of the world. You're going to go against the flow of the crowd. Remember what Jesus said? We talked about this last week. That wide is the road, easy is the way that leads to destruction. And many are on that road headed that way. And if you make decisions about the way you ought to go based on sheer numbers, by far more people go down that road. But Jesus says narrow is the way, hard, arduous is the is the road that leads to life. A few there are that take it. And so you look around you and you find you're swimming upstream from the crowd. That can be embarrassing. It can be life-saving, but it can be embarrassing. And let me share with you the fourth thing and then I'm going to wrap it up close. Someday, someday, you'll be able to breathe a sigh of relief. If you choose to be prudent, if you make a course direction in your life, someday you'll be glad you did that. Now, that's not a very positive point, is it? But I want you to to know and understand, just because you choose to follow Jesus doesn't mean that as soon as you say, I follow Jesus, poof, everything becomes perfect in life. In fact, you will discover you got the same set of friends, you live in the same house, you're married to the same person, you got the same job, you got the same financial struggles, whatever it is, you just have a different way, a different path to handle those things. And someday, when you do the right thing, when you go down the right path the right way, the day will come when you will say, I know that I'm going the right direction. This is easier for me. Yeah, I lost some friends along the way. Yeah, it was embarrassing. Yeah, I had to give up some stuff. But I'm glad I did. As a pastor, I have done funerals for a number of people, a number of people that were members of this church. 
I have never yet heard one who chose to be a Christ follower who regretted it. I am glad, Pastor, now that I'm at the end of my days, that I was faithful to Jesus all the way. Or at the time when I made that course correction, I made it. Even though it was hard, I'm glad that I did it. That's that sigh of relief. This is what, what um, Solomon wants for you to, to write down into your mind the way you should live your life. I want to wrap it up by just telling you a story. You may have heard of it. It's a story that really relates well and teaches the exact same lesson that Solomon did. It's a story that's called The Three Little Pigs. You familiar with them? Remember, the, the Three Little Pigs was this fairy tale about a wolf that was trying to eat these pigs. And these pigs were just trying to go through life, avoiding the wolf. And so these three pigs decided that they would build houses for themselves. One of the pigs decided that he would build a house out of straw. And another, the second one, built his house out of sticks. <clears throat> you know what happened, don't you? The wolf came along, and the wolf blew on the house of straw, <clears throat> and it fell down. So the piglet ran over to his friend, his buddy, who had the house of sticks, <clears throat> and the wolf chased, and he blew on that house, and it fell down. These are, now you and I, this is told simply so that you and I can understand that this is, the, this is what Solomon would call the simple. The naive, who would think that straw and sticks are going to be stronger than the one that's out there to destroy me. The third pig was the one that we might call the prudent. That pig built his house out of bricks. And when the straw blew down and the sticks, stick house blew down and the pigs ran into the third pig's house that was made out of brick, the wolf came along and he blew and he blew and he blew, but he couldn't blow the house down. Do you see the contrast between the, the simple and the prudent? In your life, there are times when you have an enemy that's out there trying to blow your house down, trying to destroy and consume you. God gives us steps to avoid that. God gives us steps to understand what we need to build our life on. And the prudent takes the word of God and applies it to their life. The simple, just keep going on. And be happy. That's what life's about, isn't it, right? To be happy. I think life is about to live is about living life until you, until you die. And then have eternal life past that. So here's the story of prudent versus simple. Which are you? What choices are you making regarding the path that you're on? 
And when God reveals to your heart, speaks to you in some way, maybe through a friend, it might be through a sermon, it might be through a book, it might be through an, in, uh, an inspired thought. But what do you do when God's direction is laid before you? Do you wisely take it? Or do you foolishly stay where you are? Will you bow your head to pray with me, please? Father God, I, I thank you that in this difficult world that we have with those around that would seek to destroy and dissuade us from the direction we should go, that Father, you have provided for us protection, the protection of eternal salvation through Jesus Christ, the protection of the guidance, guardianship of our lives through your Holy Spirit the protection of your word to direct our staff, our steps and our way, the direction of brothers and sisters, others in Jesus Christ who are sharing this life with us, who love us and show us and share with us the directions we should go. So Father, I, I thank you that you direct our paths, that you have provided for us the path that we should be on. Cause us to be wise people as we choose, even now, to follow Jesus. In his name we pray this for his glory. Amen.